Welcome, a happy Saturday, a happy weekend. And thank you for making us a part of it right here on CBS Sports Radio. Usually Fridays, right, always feel good. Mood's always up. Weekend's here. Hopefully the workday maybe is a little bit shorter, right? You know, you have a good lenient boss. You get out a little earlier. Vibes are good. Upcoming holiday week next week. So it's like, man, life is good right now. Life is good right now unless right now you are a Bengals fan. Then life's not very good. You found out the unfortunate news on what is supposed to be a feel-good Friday that Joe Burrow's out for the year. One thing I want to say very quickly about that, the Bengals are not to blame for Joe Burrow's injury. I saw this a lot on Friday. They cannot be blamed. They have not been negligent. They have tried to protect Joe Burrow. They can't be blamed right now for the second season-ending injury for Joe Burrow in four years. Like They've tried. They have the sixth-highest-paid offensive line in all the NFL. Are they drafting guys? No, but they're going the free agent route. They're going the veteran route. They signed Orlando Brown to a big-time contract. Like They have spent the requisite money in order to try to protect Joe Burrow. We could argue about the effectiveness, but they have tried. And that's why I think there's no reason. No one can be blaming right now the Bengals and saying they did this to themselves. They didn't protect Joe Burrow. They got what they deserve in what is, again, another unfortunate season-ending injury for Joe that he suffered on Thursday night against the Ravens. Sometimes injuries just happen. It's football, after all. Right? It's a physical, violent game. Injuries are inevitable, and sometimes they can't be prevented. I think what we saw on Thursday night couldn't have been prevented. It sucks. It's a bummer. But the Bengals aren't to blame. I saw a lot of that going around on Friday. That, to me, is total nonsense. Cincinnati did nothing wrong in terms of doing, you know, what it takes to protect Joe Burrow. He didn't get hurt because of just a porous offensive line that they just overlooked and didn't care about. Now, with that said... Unfortunately for Cincinnati, your season's over. Right, you're five and five. You're right there on the cusp of the playoff race, but it's done. No Joe Burrow, no chance. And at this point, I probably think losing every game, honestly, is the best case scenario for Cincinnati. Go five and twelve. Try to get a top ten pick and get some more talent on your team. So it's always pretty, it's always very tough, and forget about pretty, very tough for a backup quarterback to come in and still keep your team alive. And unfortunately, we've seen a lot of quarterback injuries and now a lot of backups playing in the NFL. There is, though, one, one backup quarterback for one team that is going to lead this team not only to the playoffs, but I think on a deep playoff run. And that's, right now, the Cleveland Browns and Dorian Thompson Robinson slash PJ Walker. I think they're both going to play at some point this season, but the Browns are the only team right now with a backup quarterback. I think that are still making the playoffs and still can make a deep playoff run because they like the 49ers are not quarterback centric. They are not built around their quarterback. They are built to withstand quarterback injuries because they have an elite defense, a great run game. And if you watch Cleveland this year, they weren't reliant on Deshaun Watson to win games. They were not 
needing Deshaun Watson to be an absolute hero in order for them to win uh, win six games so far this season. And that's why with the fact that Deshaun Watson, we learned earlier this week, going down with a season-ending injury, is not a season-ender for Cleveland. They, to me, are, are very much alive. I would be shocked if we're talking about them nine weeks from now when the playoffs come around and they are not one of the 14 teams remaining. And I absolutely think they are a team that is dangerous. Like, they're not just, oh, you make the playoffs, cool, great story, and then boom, you're out in the first round. They can absolutely make a run to the AFC title game in part, again, because they have an elite defense and a great run game, and they have won some impressive games right now without Deshaun Watson already this season. They've already proven they can hang with the big boys without their franchise quarterback. Watson has either missed or has not finished four games so far this season for the Browns. In those four games, he's missed or not finished. Cleveland's 2-2. Two 2-2 and two. Two and two in four games without Watson, and all four of those teams they played right now currently are 500 or better. They're not playing slouches. They're not playing the Panthers and the Bears and winning some of these games. They are playing the Colts at 500, Seahawks playoff team, 49ers, one of the best teams in the NFL, Ravens, one of the best teams right now in the NFL. They play tough teams, and they went 2-2 two and two in that stretch without Deshaun Watson, including a win over the 49ers. They have proven they can beat the big boys without number four under center. That's a reason why I absolutely look right now at the Browns and say, oh, yeah, their season's not over. The Bengals, it's over. Sorry, Jake Browning. I just, I can't see you stepping in here, and the Bengals are not built to withstand an injury to the second-best quarterback in the NFL. The Browns are, though. And in large part, you watch how the Browns played this year. Even when Deshaun Watson was on the field, it wasn't like he was killing it. It wasn't like he was playing like one of the best quarterbacks in all of the NFL. I mean, he had just, in the games he played this year, averaged just 185 passing yards per game. For reference, that's fewer than Bryce Young, who's having a pretty terrible year, Joshua Dobbs, and Ryan Tannehill, who's also not very good. All three of those quarterbacks right now averaging more passing yards per game than Deshaun Watson did this season. Deshaun Watson's quarterback rating this year is 21st in the league, and he has just seven touchdown passes. So it's not like even though, you know, again, it's on the surface why you lost your franchise quarterback. There goes the rest of the year. They've survived already basically half the season without him. And... Even when Watson was on the field, again, he's not the main reason why Cleveland is winning games. He was great in the second half against the Ravens this past Sunday in engineering that double-digit comeback in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, he's been pretty average. Pretty average at best for the most part this season. So Cleveland can absolutely survive without Deshaun Watson under center. One reason is they're built to survive quarterback injuries. The other reason is Look around the conference. Who right now is blowing the Browns out? And that's the thing. If you can go into the playoffs and play a close game, all you need is one break to go your way. One bounce of the ball. 
one bad flag or missed call by a ref that benefits you. And next thing you know, you can win that playoff game. And that's when you look around the rest of the conference, the, like, do the Chiefs really scare you if you're the Browns? With how great that defense is Cleveland has, and without, with how good the rushing attack is, second in all of the NFL, in terms of rushing yards per game, if you go into Arrowhead, are you worried about Patrick Mahomes dropping 35 in your head? No. Because that offense has not been very good this year. That's going to be a low-scoring, one-possession game. And I think every team in the NFL is signing up for that. If you can go play into a playoff game where you feel in the fourth quarter it's going to be a one-possession game. Dolphins right now can't beat anyone. That's good. Jaguars, same thing. I don't trust right now Lamar Jackson come playoff time. And I think, honestly, too, this Mark Andrews injury is a killer for Baltimore. A killer. That's the one guy outside of Lamar Jackson. The one guy Baltimore couldn't afford to lose on their team was Mark Andrews. They just lost him for the season, unfortunately. I got questions about them in the playoffs. So you look around the AFC, there's no world beater right now. There's no team you look at and say, oh, we have no chance against them. And again, with how great that defense is, they're going to keep you in every game. And with how good the run game is, you can chew up clock, control the game, and all of a sudden play it on your terms. And so, I don't think it's crazy at all to say, I I can see the Browns in the AFC title game. What's so crazy about that? Great defense, great run game. No one else in the AFC is very good. What's insane to say about Cleveland making a run to the AFC title game? I don't see it. I don't see it. And that's why I look at, right now, teams with backup quarterbacks, the Vikings, I mean, I know Desmond Ritter started the year, but then he got benched, and now he's back because Taylor Heineke got hurt. So I'm going to throw him in that conversation of teams playing with backup quarterbacks, the Falcons being that is. Bengals now have to do it. Browns are doing it. Jets are doing it. Like, everyone's – Vikings make the playoffs, but I don't think they're an actual threat once they make the playoffs. The Browns are. They can absolutely win a playoff game, if not multiple playoff games. So you look around the NFL, it's another blow to the quarterback position. Another franchise guy goes down, really two this week, Deshaun Watson earlier this week, and then we just saw Joe Burrow, unfortunately, on Thursday night go down for the rest of the year. Bengals season is absolutely over, but the one team with a backup quarterback whose season is not over, who is still a playoff team, who is still a very dangerous playoff team, it's the Cleveland Browns. They are not quarterback-centric. They rely on an elite run game and an elite defense. And that is the formula to win games in January. So 855-212-4227. Love to hear your thoughts on this. Are the Browns dead? Are the, I mean, hell, are the Bengals dead? Do we have any faith right now in Browning coming out here and leading the Bengals on an improbable run to the postseason and maybe more now that he's the full-time guy in Cincy the rest of the year. But is there any team right now with a backup quarterback you are believing in? You are believing in can make a run not only to the playoffs here, but be a dangerous team and win playoff games. 20 minutes from now, 
Week 11 of Hickey's Pickies. If you want to get involved, 855-212-4227. Big week for your boy last week. 4-0-1. I got to look at the, the records. I believe that's the first week for yours truly ever to not have an L in the column. And look, Dan Campbell, nice win, but pushing. Minus three at the Chargers. If you go for two at one point, oh, the push prevented what would have been the third ever 5-0 and week on Hickey's Pickies. But alas, 4-0-1, beggars can't be choosers, especially for how bad I've been this year. I will take it. Hickey's Pickies, 20 minutes from now. You want to get involved, 855-212-4227. But before that, we are starting the show talking about another star quarterback going down. Earlier this week, it was Deshaun Watson. Now, later in the week, it is Joe Burrow, both AFC North quarterbacks out for the season, different injuries on their throwing arms. Deshaun Watson's shoulder. Joe Burrow wrist. But I do think, despite the fact that the Browns lost their franchise quarterback, they, to me, are still a dangerous team. They are making the playoffs, and I can absolutely see them making a run to the AFC title games. They're not quarterback-centric. They have a great defense and a great run game. They don't ask a lot out of their quarterback in order to win games. They beat the 49ers earlier this season with P.J. Walker at the helm. They can be good teams without great quarterback play. Bengals can't. They needed Joe Burrow, and now with Joe Burrow not being there, I don't see Jake Browning coming in and all of a sudden guiding Cincinnati to a playoff berth and putting the team on his shoulders. Zach Wilson, we've seen unfortunately too much him already. He stinks, can't do it. Joshua Dobbs is doing just enough to get the Vikings right now in the playoff mix, and I think they will get a playoff spot, but I don't think Minnesota is an actual playoff contender in the sense of, once they make the playoffs, that they're dangerous whatsoever. I think they're a one and done in the playoffs. Not to diminish them getting there. Very impressive with Kirk Cousins out for the year. But I don't think they're a dangerous team once they get to January. The Browns, to me, are. And so is there any team right now in the NFL with a backup quarterback you still see as dangerous come playoff time, 855-212-4227. Joey starts us off from Colorado Springs. Hello, Joey. Hey, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, Joey. How about yourself, buddy? You know, just got off work. Uh, I'm doing great. Nice. So, nice. Happy weekend to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I just want to start off by saying I completely disagree with you on the Browns quarterback situation just because I – P.J. Walker is an XFL legend and he will <laughs> always be an XFL legend in my heart. But I just don't think he – like – just because he's not a good quarterback doesn't mean, like, I'm sorry. The Browns need quarterbacks. Like, you need quarterbacks to win in this league. And even if you do have a decent running game and a decent defense, you still need your quarterback to be able to score you points. Like, you can't always rely on your defense to come in clutch. Because then you're putting too much strain on your defense. Right. And I mean, he did hang, to his credit, 39 out. points on the Colts. Now, it's a lower-scoring game. They did beat the 49ers at home. So, it's like he's done enough when asked to to put the team in position to win. I, I mean, I guess. But, like, it's it's like 
the only reason they're doing anything is because of their run game. And if you can stop your run, if you can stop their run game, you you stop their you stop them from scoring any points. Right, but it's also tougher said than done. Like that's part of it. Like you can say, "Oh, let's stop the run game." Not many teams have been able to do it. They're second in the league in rushing, so they're really good at it. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But how 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 many of those games were with Nick Chubb though before he got hurt? That's why they're second in rushing because they had Nick Chubb at a point. And well, Nick I mean, Chubb is a Nick star. Chubb got hurt week two. Well, we're talking, we're going to week eleven. They they oh. spent like what four times as many games or played four times as many games without him. They have with him. That's not right, Nick I Chubb. Thought, I thought Nick Chubb got hurt in like week six. My bad. No, you're Joey. Joey, you're good, buddy. Hey, happy weekend to you. Thank you for making us a part of it right here on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, week two, Monday Night Football. Sean Watson lost that game with a bad fumble. But Nick Chubb got hurt, unfortunately, very early on. And so that Brown success has been in large part with Jerome Ford, now with Kareem Hunt as well. A lot of other running backs have come in. But again, like the Browns, like the 49ers, don't ask a lot of their quarterback. And that also brings up this point here with the injury to, again, Joe Burrow this week, to Deshaun Watson this week. We've seen Kirk Cousins go down for the year. Aaron Rodgers go down for the year. I think a lot of te- not a lot of teams, some teams need to consider, I think, changing the way they view the quarterback position. And I think more teams smartly should start to mimic and maybe follow the blueprint of the 49ers and to some extent the Browns, which is build up the rest of the team and go cheap at quarterback. Like you look at San Francisco with Brock Purdy. Again, Brock Purdy came in there as a third-string quarterback last year, stepped in after Trey Lance got hurt and Jimmy G got hurt, and led them to the NFC title game. I'm talking up the Browns and P.J. Walker and Dorian Thompson-Robinson as being a dangerous playoff team. Can I absolutely sit here with confidence and and tell you they're going to the AFC title game this year? No, I cannot. I think the Bengals season is done. The Jets season is done. The Vikings... I'm surprised, and I give them credit. I think they are going to make the playoffs with Joshua Dobbs, but I don't think they're, again, any sort of threat come playoff time. The 49ers, again, build up their defense, build up the offensive line, have great receivers, have great running backs. They are skilled everywhere, great head coach. The one area they went cheap, the one area they, I don't want to say neglected, but they have not prioritized is quarterback. And that allows them to be flexible. That allows them to where if an injury arises for 95% of teams, if your quarterback week one goes down, your season is over. Like for the Jets, Aaron Rodgers got hurt four plays into the season. And it's it's done. That's it. Over. See you later. For most teams, that is devastating. You can't overcome that. For the 49ers last year, Trey Lance got hurt, I think it was the second quarter of the second game of the year. So your week one starter goes down. Your backup, which I know Jimmy Garoppolo, again, has had success. That's a little bit different with him being the backup, but still, he goes down, I think it was right about this time, week 10, week 11, and now the last pick in the draft comes in and leads them to the NFC title game? Brock Purdy played well. But let's also not pretend that everybody missed and Brock Purdy was this success story no matter where he went. Part of why he's been so great since he stepped onto the field is because he's in a great situation 
in San Francisco where he doesn't have to do a lot. He's not asked to carry the team. And that's part of the reason why the 49ers are able to shuffle through quarterbacks and win games. Part of the reason why we look at the 40, uh, excuse me, the Browns this year, and they've played four games without Deshaun Watson and are 2-2, two and two, including beating the 49ers. They're not built as talented, especially offensively, as San Francisco, but it's in a similar mold. I think teams should start looking at that going forward here. Where obviously, if you're the Chiefs, like you have Mahomes, it doesn't count. It doesn't matter. If you're the Bengals, you're not changing your philosophy. You have Joe Burrow, you're not trading him. But for other teams that are stuck in the middle or towards the bottom, it's like you see this year with how many injuries to star quarterbacks there are and seeing how quickly your season can be ripped out from under you. I think it's definitely an area teams should explore more. Not that it's going to be the new model, but I do think more teams should apply the, the 49ers model, if you will, to where they build up the rest of the team and throw in a cheaper quarterback under center. 855-212-4227. Jeff is calling from Dallas. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how you doing, Ryan? Good, buddy. What's on your mind, man? Some excellent points. Like, the NFL is cyclical, and you got to figure that the running back is going to come back into fashion at some point, right? Every time a quarterback... Every time a quarterback drops back, he's putting himself at risk. So the more often you rely on passing, yeah, you get the big rewards, but you also have the bigger risk against your quarterback, right? And yep. nobody's investing in backup quarterbacks. So it would make more sense to invest in a stud running back or the linemen that allow your average running back to do well, right, mm-hmm. than to only focus on the quarterback. And then – the other thing is, you look at the Browns, I agree with you. I think they have a solid chance of making the AFC title game. And they spent, what, $189 million guaranteed to a guy that's not going to play and they still think they're going to be successful? Is that not the worst contract ever? Even worse, Jeff, 230 Yeah, pretty ridiculous. Right, insane, fully guaranteed. Um, you are right about that. I appreciate the call. It is Well, this is what I'll say about the contract. And I saw this a lot this week, and you mentioned it. The Deshaun Watson contract right now does not look good. But I definitely am not sitting here and saying the Browns should regret it or that it's a regrettable contract because the reality is if Deshaun Watson is able to, I would say, even just get the Browns to the Super Bowl, forget about winning it, just getting them there, that two weeks of buzz in Cleveland leading up to the Super Bowl makes that entire $230 million fully guaranteed contract worth it. For a team that's never even been to the Super Bowl, let alone win one, if he gets you there one time in five years, that is a W. And so it's not looked good last year. I write was a wash with the suspension and then coming back after not playing for a year and a half when they're already out of the playoffs, that was a wash. This year it stinks he gets hurt and the season's over when you're six and three. But if next year... Or in 2025, we're talking about the Browns and the Super Bowl. I guarantee you, the one word any Cleveland fan, any Browns organization member, what they're not saying when it comes to Deshaun Watson and that contract is regrettable. That is money well spent because you, at the end, got what you wanted in terms of bringing Deshaun Watson in to get you to the big game. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, Joe's in Birmingham. Hello, Joe. 
How you doing this evening? We're hanging, Joe. We're hanging, man. How you doing? I, per I personally can't refer to Deshaun Watson as a franchise quarterback. Me, I personally don't even think the man should be in the league, but I'll just leave it at that. But I'll tell you two backup quarterbacks that I think can get their teams to the playoffs. The first one, y'all might laugh about it, but it's going to be in the AFC South. And the only way they will do it is they have to win it, and that will be Garner Minshew with the end That's of the right. That's what I'm talking about, Joe. Give me that as a Colts fan. Gardner Minshew. Although I do not have the and same then, optimism you do. My other, my other man, they will not win their division, but he may get them to the playoffs. And by God all means, this man is not dumb in any aspect. There's our little rocket scientist sitting up there in Minnesota, Josh Dobbs. Well, Joshua Dobbs, I appreciate the call, Joe. They're going to the playoffs. The Vikings, you have two big tiebreakers with two big wins in back-to-back -back weeks over the Falcons and the Saints. Really the only two teams you have to worry about um, in terms of getting that seventh seed um, in the NFC. So you got two big tiebreakers. That's huge. Unless there's, I mean, barring just an epic collapse from Minnesota, they seem destined to be going to the playoffs. I wish I could share your optimism with Gardner Minshew. Um, unfortunately, as someone who's watched every single snap, uh, the confidence gets less and less by the game. And now it's just about having him not turn the ball over, which is a big win. And even though they're scoring like 10 points a game recently, it's hard to watch. I can't sit here and tell you Gardner Minshew is leading the Colts to the playoffs. Um, but hey, I, I love your optimism. That's why you live, right? You live for hope. Um, and so hopefully you're right and I'm wrong. I've been wrong a ton on this show. So maybe that's a good sign that I'm not believing in Gardner. Baby's listening right now. Bye week. Maybe he's out late having a good time. Gardner, prove me wrong. Please. But in reality, I don't think he will. A big week last week. Yours truly 4-0-1 to bring this season record so far to 20-18-2. I have dug my way above 500 Matt in Boston last week, 3-1-1. One, one. So a great showing, picks-wise. It's really turning, honestly. The last few weeks, both the callers and I, a lot of above 500 weeks here. We are starting to get hot on Hickey's Pickies. Glenn in Toronto, though, still leading the way, 4-1. and one. John in Chicago, Matt in Boston, two-way tie for second place, 3-1-1. One, one. Chris in Maryland, Dave in Canada, both 3-2. and two. So the competition for the winner of Hickey's Pickies is getting tight. I'm very excited. Alex Azar, uh, Azarm, excuse me, does a great job producing this show most Saturday mornings right here on CBS Sports Radio. And Alex, I have some good news, also some pressure for you. You are the second producer to participate in Hickey's Pickies. Wow. Who is the first? Ryan Botcher. Oh, nice. Shout the good Ryan. news is it is impossible for you to be any worse than Ryan. Really? He went 0-5. All right, so there, then there is no pressure. So you got it. Well, you got to get one right. You, we can't have two producers yeah. on this show this year go a combined 0 and 10. You got to get one right here. But <sighs> that's the pressure. You got to get one. But the good news is the bar is so low, that's all you need. Right. So are we nervous? Are we we confident? You sound uh, confident. Is it, is it, so is it the usual? Is it usually three? They're going to be three NFL games, two college football games? That's right. All right. Well, college football, my knowledge of that is low. Okay. But at the same time, I was here when Glenn went four and one, and he said the same thing. So, confidence booster right there, and uh, we'll. Oh, I and I don't know any of these picks. This is like on the fly. So, 
That's right. So let's start in college football, then the least knowledgeable, and let's work our way up to the most knowledge, which is the NFL. Biggest game of the weekend in college football. Number five, Washington. At number 11, Oregon State. Beavers at home. Okay. One point favorites. Oregon State's the favorite? Oregon State is the favorite. Washington is the higher ranked team on the road. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Washington. Okay. Just on the basis that they have the star player in Michael Penix Jr. Look at you. Yeah, that's the like that's the Mr. Only, College football. That's the only thing I know. Uh but yes, I will I will go with Washington. I am with you. I'm also taking the Huskies on the road. I think they caught big here. They make some clutch plays. They can run the ball. People always talk about the passing game. They can run the ball. Weather does not look to be great in Corvallis. Run game will be key. They can do it. I'm with you. Huskies win. And I guess technically, even though they're the high-ranked team, according to Vegas, pull off the road upset. All right. In the SEC, number one, Georgia. Ten-point favorites on the road at number 18, Tennessee. I'll go first. I'm taking the dogs. I think this could be a blowout, to be honest with you, Alex. I don't like Tennessee right now. Their offense whatsoever. Georgia's clicking on all cylinders offensively and defensively. If you put the point spread at 25, I think I would still take Georgia. Yeah, I don't know why I gave a sigh. I'm I'm with you there. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I just, you know, a lot of people have been saying who's the favorite to go on to win the whole thing. A lot of people have been saying... Michigan, Ohio State. I still think Georgia is the top dog. Uh, no pun intended there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I I think ten. I, I think a ten point spread. I think they'll definitely cover it. I think I think it'll be more of like a. I, it won't be a blowout, but I think it'll be a sizable win. It'll be like a two touchdown win. All right, comfortable win. Comfortable win for the dogs on the road in Neyland Stadium. So we're both in agreement. Both on Washington plus one on the road. Both on Georgia, minus 10 on the road. All right, NFL time. Steelers at Browns. Browns going to start Dorian Thompson-Robinson at home. One and a half point favorites. The got? Browns are the favorites. Browns are the favorites at home yeah. against the Steelers. Um, um, I know you had the whole spiel on the Browns, but I, <laughs> I just I just can't I can't go against Mike Tomlin. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Steelers. I am rolling with the Browns. So our first disagreement I like the way they're they are playing it eventually. Like I eventually. They gotta get burned, the Steelers, that is, by every single game getting outgained. And and that coming with a loss. I know they're six and three, so they've lost a few games, but this is a game where I think the Browns do win at home and the Dorian Thompson Robinson era starts off in a positive. Sunday night football. The Vikings and Joshua Dobbs. Travel to Denver to take on the Broncos. Broncos, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'll go first, Alex. Give me Denver. They're playing well-ish. That defense is really coming around after just getting really embarrassed in the worst way possible against the Dolphins, and they hung 70 on them. Give me Denver at home, minus two-and-a-half. See, I've been completely off the Denver train basically from once Russell Wilson joined them like I was like one of the few people that didn't wasn't really sure if he'd fit there and it was going well at the start of this season but they've been on a hot streak kind of and they actually have a slight chance to make the playoffs now Mm -hmm. you said it's at Denver at Denver and they're wearing the blue jerseys if that influences you I don't know Um, I really like what Josh Dobbs is doing I'm going to go with Minnesota Vikings. All right. The Pastronaut 
You are riding with Joshua Dobbs. I like it. All right, final game, Alex. The big one. Eagles at Chiefs. Taylor Swift, not in attendance, but her parents will be there. So does that impact Travis Kelsey? We'll see. The Swift family will be in the house. Minus Taylor. Chiefs at home, two and a half point favorites. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think home field is going to be huge for them. Um, I don't. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be very close. It, I honestly, it could be honestly a two point win, and Eagles will cover. Um, but yeah, it's gonna go down to the wire. I think. I but I think the home field advantage is gonna help. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. We disagree in all three NFL. I'm taking the Eagles on the road. I just I don't trust Kansas City's offense right now outside of Travis Kelsey. Like Mahomes is playing well. The problem is there's really no other receiver or running back. I could sit here and tell you, oh, yeah, if they take Travis Kelsey away, they'll step up. You had Juju Smith-Schuster last year, almost had 1,000 yards. There's really no one like that so far this year. And so if the Eagles with a loaded defense are able to limit Travis Kelsey, I just right now don't see someone else kind of bailing them out offensively. Eagles are very well-rounded. I will take Philly on the road plus 2.5. So we agree on college, both on Washington, plus 1 on the road at number uh, 11, Oregon State. We're both on Georgia. Minus 10 on the road at number 18, Tennessee. You are taking the Steelers plus one and a half on the road. I am taking the Browns at home. You are taking the Vikings. I am taking the Broncos minus two and a half. You're taking the Chiefs minus two and a half at home. I am taking the Eagles. All right, Alex. Cheers to not going 0-5. That is that is the goal. That is the goal. I really hope so. I, I'm. You know what? I'll honestly take. I'll take three and two. I'll take three and two. Hey, that would be big. That would be rocketing up the standings, and you'd be sitting pretty there for at least maybe a, a top five finish for sure. So one of the games we talked about involved the Cleveland Browns. We are talking about the Browns right now a lot because I think they are the most dangerous team in terms of teams playing with backup quarterbacks and making noise in the postseason. 855-212-4227. Are you a believer in any of these teams right now that are playing with backups, Vikings, Browns, now the Bengals. Glenn, speaking of Glenn, the leader right now in Hickey's Pickies at 4-1, and one, calling from Toronto. Hello, Glenn. Hey, Ryan. How are you tonight? Good, buddy. What's on your mind, man? Well, first off, uh, it's Alex, your producer. Is that his name? Yes, sir. Yeah, he's not going to go 0-5. You know, I think he did a pretty good job, but uh, he's uh, not going to I was hoping you were going to say the opposite. <laughs> no, no. No, there's a few picks I agree with him on. Uh, I don't think you're going to go. I know yourself, my friend, not this time, but some good, interesting picks. Um, I do want to say that uh, in terms of uh, Leland, as you know, because that was one of my, uh, I forget what the segment was called, but when you were the hot takes or whatever, and I said Deshaun Watson would not be the quarterback at the end of the year, I wasn't expecting it to be by that's him right. Injuring yes. Himself. Takeoff. Uh, yeah, takeoff. But uh, if I mean, I don't know what you've been watching uh, or what you've been drinking when you've been watching him play. But uh, honestly, I don't see much of a setback. The funny thing about Deshaun is the fact that he had his best quarter when his shoulder was broken. So yep. that was kind of bizarre. He went 14 for 14. But uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to miss a lot. Honestly. I don't think they're Super Bowl worthy, 
but I think they can make a bit of a run. I definitely think they're playoff bound. I, I, I think Dobbs, just because he's more mobile, I also agree with Minnesota. I think that, that I think they're in a better place with Dobbs in there. So uh, those are two teams that I can see making a, a pretty decent run, but I, I just not a big Deshaun fan. Not, not for, because of what happened, but just uh, I thought he was overrated when they signed him and and uh, I just I, I like I said, I could see them with a new quarterback next year. Probably not because they spent so much money, but yeah, anyway. Right. Well, well, yeah, I mean, that's that that's the problem, Glenn. And I appreciate the call, buddy. I mean, that $230 million fully guaranteed, you're not getting out of that anytime soon. And these were the two cheap years. It was like basically roughly $20 million a year on the cap. I think next year it's like $63 million in the cap. Like the next three years are backloaded to where now a lot of that $230 million is going to be charged. So you're not, again, you're not, if you're the Browns, you are not thinking about moving on because you look like physically, I guess maybe financially, that's probably the better way to say financially, you literally cannot get out of that contract. You are just crippling any chance you have of improving your team. And plus when you move off him, I don't know who you're getting that you're going to be paying good money to because you're going to get a good quarterback to come in. They are stuck with Deshaun Watson for five years. Whether it goes great from here, whether it just continues to go off the rails, there's no getting out of that contract. They are stuck with him for the next three years, bare minimum. And if you're Cleveland, again, Glenn was right. Like Outside of really the second half against Baltimore, which ironically, that's when he gets hurt and plays the best half we have seen him play in a Cleveland Browns uniform and that comeback win over the Ravens, he's been okay. And maybe even okay is honestly being too kind. He's not been great whatsoever. And that's more reason why I have confidence in the Browns is, again, they have been playing with average to below average quarterback play for most of the year anyway, and they're 6-3. and three. They weren't relying or needing Deshaun Watson to carry them the way Joe Burrow has carried the Bengals or Patrick Mahomes carries the Chiefs. So the, the bar, excuse me, for Dorian Thompson-Robinson to pass there is relatively low. 